It's very important because we know the alpine region they have, they suffer a lot on climate change. In Switzerland, you see the melting glaciers. We have on biodiversity uh, every year a loss of flora and fauna. So it's also part of our policy that uh, we have to protect not only the atmosphere, but also the alpine region. The new tunnel will take products to market at speeds of up to 250 kilometres an hour. Doris Leuthardt can't resist a moment of pride. We are. <laughs> it's the longest railway tunnel of the world. It's a high-tech tunnel. But I think it's, it symbolises also what Europe, especially Swiss engineers, can do. We are proud because, well, Switzerland is still the symbol for quality, precision, uh, we are the most innovative country of Europe and needs a lot of qualified people who did a fantastic job. For Renzo Simoni's tunnel builders, it's a proud moment too, but tinged with just a little sadness. Of course, it's a, it's a milestone and... Uh, uh, my my professional life afterwards will be different than now uh, because uh, the tunnel is not then is not there anymore. It operating will start and uh, we are then on, only guests like all the others, only passengers. So uh, something will will be lost then, I think. That report was from our correspondent Imogen Folks. Well, as Imogen mentioned, the tunnel will have a huge impact on trade. Our economics correspondent Andrew Walker picks up that theme. The economic benefits of a project like this are in terms of essentially the reduced cost of transporting goods and people. And we're talking not just about the financial cost, but very importantly, the cost in terms of time. So you would expect to see some benefits in terms of tourism in the region, easier business travel for people either in Italy, Switzerland or elsewhere around the region wanting to conduct negotiations. And of course, it will also help with the transport of goods across the Alps. To some extent, that may be a question of displacing stuff that's already being transported on other routes. There'll be an environmental benefit from that displacement and perhaps some also some benefit in terms of making the area that's been freed from so much goods traffic to be more attractive for tourism. What's really striking, I think, about the timing of the opening is that it comes on the same day as the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development has published its regular assessment of the global economic outlook. And one of the things it said is that governments should be doing more by way of spending on projects like major transport infrastructure developments such as this because they think currently with interest rates so low it's a cheap time to do it and it would provide a benefit in terms of stimulating they argue stronger economic growth so the opening of this Swiss tunnel is a very useful illustration I think of precisely the kind of thing the OECD is calling for as a response to the failure of the world economy to really get going again properly after the international financial crisis. That was our economics correspondent, Andrew Walker. Well, not surprisingly, the Swiss see the Alps as intrinsic to their identity. The Federal Transport Office Director, Peter Fuglistaler, says, for us, conquering the Alps is like the Dutch exploring the oceans. But what about the engineering achievement itself? I've been speaking to Claire Smith. She's the editor of the publication Ground Engineering. 
The longest tunnel previously constructed was 54 kilometres. That's been open since 1988. But this one has been done in hard rock. It's 57 kilometres long. It's taken 20 years to deliver. At an amazing cost, it's £8.2 billion, which has been delivered on time and to budget, which I think is something that's really significant for this scheme of this size. Let's talk about the hard rock that you're talking about, because it's not hard rock all the way through, but the places where it is really hard requires what sorts of equipment what are we talking about well it's been driven by tunnel boring machines which are basically uh, mechanized versions of the mining shield principle that brunel first used for the thames tunnel in london in the 1880s this is the great isambard kingdom brunel yes yeah so basically he created a shield with miners working in each shield excavating out the soft rock to drive the tunnel forward what we're using the gotthard base tunnel is a mechanized version so over half a kilometer long you've got a cutter head on the front that basically grinds away and bores through the rock and transfers the waste via conveyors and then segments precast concrete segmental linings are then installed and the tunnel boring machine then jacks and pushes forward off of those segments and there are